is John Nix, and you're listening to the One More Verse podcast. One More Verse is a resource designed to help people understand the Bible. The passage for today is Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 29. The letters begin, and we start with Ephesus. And to Ephesus, Jesus begins by telling them that he recognizes their good works. He recognizes their toil, their patient endurance. He knows that they're not bearing with those that are evil. Uh, They've tested people who call themselves apostles, but they're not. He he talks about how they're patiently enduring and they're bearing up for for his name's sake. And you would think with this kind of introduction to the letter that, wow, Ephesus has it all together. Ephesus is doing great. But then he turns. He says, I do have something against you. And the thing that he has against them is a root that cannot stand. The problem is they have abandoned the love that they had at first. You can do all kinds of incredible things. You can toil, have patient endurance, all the things that were listed. But if you abandon your love, the first love, your love for God, your love for one another, you have nothing. It harkens back to what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. You can do all sorts of things, but if you don't have love, you don't have anything. And so Jesus calls them to remember, where did you fall from? Remember what it was like at the beginning and how amazing and fresh it was? You've fallen. So repent and do the works that you did at first. If not, the thing that he warns them against is just frightening. It's almost unthinkable. Jesus himself will come and remove their lampstand. Jesus himself will come and remove this church unless they repent. He tells them they're doing all these things, but he tells them you've lost your first love. And when you lose your first love, you've lost everything. He moves to the church at Smyrna. He he talks about his introduction that he's the first and the last. He's the one who died and came to life. And he starts to talk to them about their tribulation and their poverty He knows that they are in suffering, not just from the Jews, but from the Gentiles. And he tells them not to be afraid. And you would think that perhaps he's going to say, you know what? Relief is coming. It's not going to last that much longer. But instead, that's not what he tells them at all. He said, it's going to get worse. Some people are going to go to prison. You're going to be tested. You're going to have even more tribulation. He exhorts them to be faithful, even unto the point of death so that they may receive the crown of life. This letter to the church at Smyrna uh, must have come as a little comfort, but it would only be comfort if we look beyond the, the temporal and see the eternal. He tells them to listen, because the one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. He moves on to the church at Pergamum. And when he gets to the church at Pergamum, as he introduces himself, he's the one who has the sharp two-edged sword. As he walks through, he he talks about them not denying their faith. He talks about perhaps the death of some of those who witness faithfully, even to the very end. But he says, I have something against you. And he hearkens back to the Older Testament. And he talks about the teaching of Balaam. If you don't remember the teaching of Balaam, you can go back and you can look in Numbers chapter 25 and, and, and kind of see what happened there. But the thing with Balaam was this. It was compromise. The strategy was, listen, let's just, you don't have to go in. You don't have to tell them you have to do this and this and this. Just get them to slowly compromise. And so in this letter, Jesus says, I have this against you. 
Some of you are compromising. You're putting a stumbling block before people. You are indulging and sacrificing to idols. You're indulging in sexual immorality. You are holding to this teaching of the Nicolaitans. And so he says, you have got to repent. And if you don't, I need for you to understand that I am going to come and I will war against them with the sword of my mouth. Here's the one with the double-edged sword, and now he's going to come and he will war against them. Could there be any more frightening prospect than warring against Jesus? Again, he says, if you have an ear to hear, then you must listen. But if you conquer, you may know that you will get a new name written on a stone and no one knows it except the one who receives it. And finally, in chapter 2, he moves to the church at Thyatira. And, and as he walks there, we're reminded of the vision that John had at the very beginning when we're talking about his feet of burnished bronze. And he tells them, I know about your love, your faith, your service, your patient endurance. All of these latter works exceed the first. But then he says, I have this against you. You are allowing people to bring in something that is completely antithetical to the gospel, something that is evil. There is this prophetess that is seducing his servants and calling them to compromise and to sin. They're practicing sexual immorality. They're eating food sacrificed to idols. And he said, I've given her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. And as the picture increases, he says, I want you to understand that she's going on to a sickbed, and those that participate with her, I'm going to throw into great tribulation. If there's not repentance, there will definitely be judgment. I'll strike her children dead, so that the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and the heart, and I will give you according to your works. Now, this is one of those places where we must be careful and not confuse the gospel. We are not saved by works. We are saved by grace through faith alone but it is not a faith that stays alone. And you cannot walk in ongoing patterns of sin. And you cannot just continue to walk into this uh, pattern of immorality, this sexual immorality and these things without expecting that there's going to be some consequences. And so he spells it out for them. I need for you to understand I am searching the mind and the heart. You can make it look like whatever you want to on the outside, but I know what's happening and I know your mind And I know your heart. And so he said, I I want you to make sure that you don't lay uh, any other burden on there. I just want you to hold fast to what you have until I come. Conquer. Hold to the end. I I want you to know that it's worth it, that following Jesus, that trusting that his way is best, that seeing his glory and authority as greater than anything else uh, is the thing that will deliver you from the power of sin. And he tells them that he will give them the morning star and he calls them to listen. So as we begin these letters, let us not too quickly dismiss these things. Perhaps you're struggling with your first love. Uh, Perhaps you're in the midst of suffering and there's more suffering coming. Will you trust that God is still good? Perhaps you're in the middle of compromise or perhaps you're just walking in willful disobedience. Whatever it is, Trust that Jesus is better. Repent and obey. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. 
For more information about Vertical Purpose or one more verse, visit johnnicks.org. You can connect with me on social media. Just use the handle, the John Nix. And don't forget to download the free Vertical Purpose app for additional resources. Thanks again, and join me tomorrow for the One More Verse podcast.